Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode, our first round review of the season. Uh, Jeremy McGowan will be joining us a little later for MPLW. Uh, but first, of course, we'll start with our MPL. But before we start, Michael, how's it going today? And uh, first round back, quite a bit of uh, interesting results over the weekend. Certainly some interesting results over the weekend, Matt. Some plenty of action that went over the course of the weekend. Some great goals as well scored. If anyone sort of got a chance to saw, see the uh, amount of games that were on over the course of the weekend between the MPL, MPLW, and if you were sort of in person there to see CPL action as well. So quite a few goals, uh, some great results, and that's exactly what you want for your first sort of, you know, first game sort of back into the new season, a, a great introduction to the 2023 campaign. So looking forward to breaking it down with you, Matt. Yeah, there's only one place to start when we talk about the MPL. There aren't too many bigger matches uh, to kick off a season than um, the O'Connor Knights against Canberra, Croatia and the Chavapi Derby. Uh, it was 1-1 between O'Connor Knights and Canberra, Croatia. Uh, the goal scorers were Paketi Manda for uh, the O'Connor Knights and the Canberra, Croatia goal went down to an own goal, I believe, to Connor Bill. Um, O'Connor began the Chavapi derby with the best of the chances to begin with. Uh, in the first 90 seconds into the contest, I saw so Heggie got on the end of a, a cutback ball and struck a thundering shot, which was superbly saved by Sam Brown. It was Canberra Croatia, though, that opened the scoring eight minutes after that, as Daniel Sparrow whipped in a free kick uh, to Daniel Barrich, who um, looked like he got a touch on it to put it past the keeper. However, he did sort of um, it looked like it officially uh, did have a deflection off um, Connor Bill, I believe it was, who was credited as the goal on, well, that's what I saw online anyway. O'Connor leveled things up, though, at the start of the second half as Isosa Rahegi went on a run down the line, laid it off to uh, uh, Paketi Manda, who was able to tap the ball around uh, Matty Gerbisher and then had a burst of speed around him, picked up the ball and slid it past Sam Brown. Very expertly done there from Manda. Around the 60-minute mark, Croatia went down to 10 men after Marco Gaia received a second yellow card for a slide tackle on Michael Adams. Uh, O'Connor also scored, technically scored a goal via Riley Angelo Santi, but it was immediately disallowed for offside a couple of minutes before full time. Overall, a draw. Uh, so both sides, I'm sure, will probably probably be coming out of that thinking that uh, they should have got more out of that one. Uh, but I guess luckily enough, we will see these both of these teams face each other two more times during the season. So plenty of uh, opportunities for both to get a win over their Croatian derby rival. But Overall, it is 1-1 in that first encounter. Still plenty more to come from those two sides, I don't doubt, this season. Michael, who do we have next up? Next up, Matt, we have Canberra Olympic, who put in a five-star performance, winning 5-0 against the West Canberra Wanderers. A hat-trick for Flores, Darwich on the score sheet, as well as Nick Popovich to round off the great performance that was put forward by Olympic in this game, you know, it's the perfect start to the season, Matt. You can't really ask for much more in your first game of the season, five goals and a clean sheet. And in particular, on a more personal note for Flores, scoring the first hat-trick already of the NPL season uh, in the first 
uh, game week. You know, West Canberra, I thought they should they showed a lot of resilience right up until sort of right at the end of that first uh, half of play. You know, they, they had done so well to sort of keep themselves in the contest. Uh, they managed to play some decent football at times and it was just that sort of real gut-wrencher uh, that was provided by Flores sort of right at the end there of the first half that sort of just took the wind out of their sails a little bit. You know, you, you have Olympic there going 1-0 into the break, full of confidence, having just scored. And on the other side of things, you've got West Canberra that had done so well, but it just conceded right at the end. So it sort of strikes, you know, uh, the confidence down just a little bit. And you're expecting a bit of a reaction in the second half. But, I mean, it was Canberra Olympic who just sort of took the game by the scruff of the neck and just continued to march sort of forward and take off where they had left off uh, at the end of the first period of play. It, you know, you had a... You had, uh, sorry, just to go back on the on the first goal uh, that, that I sort of mentioned there at the end of the first half, it was a beautifully glanced header uh, for the opening goal from Flores. Uh, it was a beautifully uh, whipped in uh, set piece and he sort of just managed to flick the ball on past the goalkeeper. And, you know, before before you knew it, you know, the, like I said, they sort of just had taken that confidence into the second half, played really, really well. So he... Uh, had completed his hat-trick with a nice goal sort of into the bottom corner uh, to cap off his fine performance. So a, a nice round of three goals there for Flores. And sort of Darwich capped off some nice combination play with Nick Popovich sort of around the edge of the area, sort of passed it into Popovich, uh, who was sort of pinning the centre-back. And uh, he sort of just sort of took a touch and rolled it uh for Darwich to then sort of beat the defender and then put the ball past the goalkeeper. And then uh, Popovich sort of capped off his performance uh, with the fifth goal uh, of the game there uh, with a nice finish to sort of seal the three points. So it's just exactly what Canberra Olympic would have been hoping for to open their campaign, full of confidence, a a great, great result for them that they'll take into uh, their next match. Uh, against the O'Connor Knights, uh, which we will obviously get into when we break down uh, the fixtures, Matt. But nevertheless, it's a great result for them. And for West Canberra, it'll just be a matter of, you know, I think that they can draw some positives from, you know, most of that first half performance and that that they were able to sort of be really competitive. So hopefully they can sort of just take what they were able to do well in that period of play and use that sort of going forward and hopefully they can sort of, in a way, bounce back next week. Uh, Matt, who do we have uh, next up? Next up, we have the Monaro Panthers against Tigers FC. Battle of the Big Cats, as Russ likes to call it. 3-0 uh, winners, Tigers came out. Tanesky, Golevsky, and McCarthy on the score sheet. The Tigers opened the scoring after Kishta cut a ball into Golevsky, whose shot was parried by Fertel. And Tanesky was there for the tap-in. Tigers doubled their lead less than 20 minutes later as Josh Golevsky went on the end of a great run, uh, weaved in and out of a few defenders and a shot and uh, just hit an absolute bullet of the shot uh, in the top corner. 
Uh, quite a way for Golevsky to score his 50th MPL goal, I believe uh, Russ said on commentary for that one. So congratulations to Josh Golevsky there. In the 32nd minute, Gabe Cole was uh, given a straight red card. A couple of minutes later, things went from bad to worse as uh, for Monaro's Rocco Stricker received a second yellow card, resulting in a red, of course, and Monaro went down to nine men. Tigers made it 3-0 uh, before halftime as Emilio Kishta whipped in a cross, which Monaro tried to clear, but it went straight to the path of Ed McCarthy, who buried it for the finish. Obviously not the best result for Monaro, uh, but they had their moments at the start of this matchup before the goals uh, went in, and they had some uh, some good moments. However, after conceding the first two goals and then receiving those two red cards, it became nearly virtually impossible for them to try and make a comeback in this one. So they'll be looking to sort of regroup and uh, come back better next match. In terms of Tigers, though, uh, I don't think Jimmy Canarides uh, could have asked for a better return back to his former side uh, against Monaro with this new-look Tigers side. They played very well. They took their chances. They took advantage of um, uh, opportunities that were given to them. And most importantly for them, they took home the three points. And so you couldn't have really asked for a better start to the season uh, for the Tigers. So both sides will be interesting to see how they come up in their next couple of matches. Michael, who do we have next? Yeah, obviously, before I get into that, it was obviously a great uh, result there for Tigers, especially away from home, playing at the Riverside there, and a happy sort of return for Jimmy Canaritas, uh, as you sort of briefly mentioned there to Matt. So and we mentioned that on the preview podcast as well, a bit of a uh, bounce back season that they're looking for uh, this season, Tigers. So. Uh, a fantastic start for them, and we'll see if they can continue that momentum. But the last game that we've got for MPL round one action was Tuggeranong United back in MPL action after their promotion from CPL last season against Gungahlin United, where it was the visitors who came away with a 4-1 victory in this one. Tuggeranong United's goal scorer was Walker from the penalty spot in the second half. And for Gungahlin, it was Max Green with two goals, Jack Green with a goal, and Paisler with a goal as well for Gungahlin United. So a little bit of a tough reintroduction back into the top flight for Tuggeranong United in the NPL, Matt, uh, in, in what was uh, the Sunday match of the round uh, against Gungahlin. And, you know, it. I think it just obviously proved to be a case where Gungahlin were a little bit too good uh, for them in this in this game, Matt. You could sort of see the confidence that was flowing within uh, the Gungahlin team, especially in the first half, uh, where they were able to sort of play some really good combinations uh, in the Tuggeranong half of the field. And it was something that I think Tuggeranong were struggling uh, to deal with but in terms of how these goals uh, were scored, uh, obviously it wasn't the ideal start for Tuggeranong giving away a penalty um, and Max Green converting uh, in the first six minutes uh, of play. And, you know, before before he knew it, uh, Jack Green so, sort of scored a trademark uh, goal to double Gungahlin's advantage. And uh, I know that that was something that Russ had mentioned in commentary as well, that it was... Trademark uh, Jack Green from 
a set piece situation. And Paisley made it three just before halftime. And I mean, Matt, this was a fantastic strike. Uh, I think it looked like it was just outside the box, could have maybe slightly been inside, uh, depending on the camera angle. But I mean, it was great link up play uh, for the goal before the ball was sort of cut across to Paisley on the top of the box. And he sort of just let rip back across the goalkeeper into the top corner. So for Gungahlin, it was, you know, the perfect, perfect half. They, we're up 3-0, gaining a lot of confidence. And it was Togganong United that were obviously in the position of having to play uh, catch-up. And, you know, obviously they had tightened things up in the in the second half. And Walker sort of gets them back into the match, gives them, gives them a slight glimmer of hope with uh, a penalty in the... Uh, just under with under 20 minutes left in the contest. But... Obviously, those hopes were dashed when Max Green got his second goal of the game to really put the match and result uh, to bed. So if you're Gungahlin United, you can't really argue with scoring four away goals in your first match of the season. Of course, they'll be a little bit disappointed that they weren't able to keep a hold of a clean sheet. But nevertheless, what you play for is the three points. So, I mean, if you're getting three points, nothing else really matters. So... Well done to Gungahlin United. They're going to look like a force th- this season, most definitely, given how they approached and played in this match. And for Togganong United, it'll just be a matter of bouncing back and not getting too down on themselves. It was always going to be tough, sort of having gone from CPL football back into MPL football. Obviously, the pace of the game is a little bit different, uh, so we hear, and, and so that we've seen. So... They'll have those players sort of getting used to that. And before you know it, you know, Mitch Mitch Stevens will have a good talking to them and get them uh, prepared as best as he can for the next contest. Matt, do you want to break down the round two fixtures that we've got coming up in a couple of weeks? Because obviously we've got uh, the Easter break, uh, long break this weekend. So do you want to break down the fixtures for us? Yeah, of course, Easter this weekend, so no football like you alluded to there. It all gets, it's a Super Saturday, all fixtures on Saturday, but not all the games are at the same time. So that is a positive there. We kick off with Tigers against West Canberra Wanderers, Saturday, April 15th, 3 p.m. at AOS Grassfield 2. Then we have Canberra Olympic against O'Connor Knights, at the O'Connor Derby, or the I think the Barbecue Derby. I People there have uh, started to call the battle for the barbecue, Saturday, April 15th. 3 p.m. at O'Connor Enclosed. Tuggerong United against Canberra, Croatia, Saturday, April 15th, 5 p.m. at Canberra 201. So a night game under the lights there at Canberra. Monaro Panthers against Gungahlin United, Saturday, April 15th, 5.45 p.m. at Riverside. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our MPLW segment. Joining us today is Jeremy McGann. Jeremy, how's it going today? And uh, did you enjoy? Did you enjoy being back on the uh, back on the comms for uh, MPLW? Yeah, thanks for having me, uh, my, my call. Yeah, love lovely weekend of football. A bit of a, a bit of cold, a bit of rain, a bit of sun. We had a bit of everything over over three days, uh, but it was great to uh, to be back in action, and it was great to see the the teams back in action because there was a few. Uh, Few interesting games and a few interesting results as, as we're going to discuss. Yeah, there certainly was. Let's start with the first game of all the uh, senior comps. Friday night, uh, prime time, seven forty-five PM was West Canberra Wanderers against Tuggerong United. Two-one victory for Tuggerong United. 
Perry with the goal for West Canberra and Matthews and Niles with the goals for Tuggeron United. Uh, um, West Canberra uh, Wanderers, I believe, were without Ray Castro, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because he is in the US from what I've seen from Facebook. Uh, Tuggies uh, thought they opened the scoring early on in the third minute, but they were ruled out for offside. Uh, they officially opened the score in the 54th minute when Gregson neatly flicked the ball around her marker, made a good run uh, down the wing, whipped in across in the path of Matthews, who was able to bury it in the back of the net. West Canberra bounced back eight minutes later through a counterattack. Jensen made a, a driving run through midfield, placed a through ball uh, into the path of Perry, who uh, took the opportunity and chipped it over the keeper for 1 1. Huggies scored the winner, or what was meant to be, what was the winner five minutes later uh, with another run down the wings. Gregson moved her way around some players, seemingly um, crossed it in the path of Niles, who uh, buried it in the back of the net. Overall, though, great victory for Tuggies. Great way for them to begin their campaign. I know there's been a lot of hard work there over the last a year or so from Paulo Romero. So great way for them to start the season. Um, and some really good play there. Really good setup uh, from goals. Gregson looked really good. And of course, their new signing, Niles, getting on the score sheet. Jeremy, you were there calling this one with Russ. Uh, what did you make of it? Yeah, it was a great game to uh, to start us off, uh, to start the season off altogether and, and the WNPL competition as well. Uh, I think it was a bit what we expected from those two teams uh, when we discussed it in the in the preview as well. West Cambria was always going to be hard with a few um, a few players that had left during the the offseason. But I gotta say, um, you know, like Alice Jensen uh, and Nikita Perry were really all over it uh, and brought a lot to to this team. Uh, unfortunately, in in some opportunities, they were a bit by themselves. Uh, and in the other side, well, Togrenong United, just like they did last year, the, that physicality, that intensity, that solidity. Defensively as well, and now they've just added, you know, with Rainy Niles, with Sarah Matthews, um, and with also um, Abby Herman up front. Uh, well, they've added a bit more of that creativity that were that they were desperately lacking last year, and they've added that pace uh, and that ability to be feared by by the defense. I mean, every time West Canberra thought that they could attack, uh, they had to look into the rear mirror because um, Matthews and, and Herman were really quick. Uh, Niles is super comfortable, ball to fit. Uh, and, and it showed, and, and then all of a sudden, when the ball was coming out from either Daisley or Condon or, or Terry, uh, well, there was more than one outlet, and, and he was either playing short or playing behind the defense. Uh, so it would have always been complicated, I think, for West Canberra to play this this Tuggernong outfit, uh, and, and Tuggernong then was able to defend up until the 90th minute. Uh, so, you know, no, nothing to take off, off Tuggernong for that win. They scored when it mattered. Uh, West Canberra had their chances and they didn't put them in, in the back of the net. And I think that's going to be a recurring theme uh, for, for all those games this weekend. It's uh, it, it sounds cliche, but you got you got to score when you can and that's how you win the games. And uh, and uh, certainly enough, everybody who couldn't take their chances didn't get away with the three points this weekend. But Turgonong, obviously super encouraging. I, was, I think I was when I was doing the review, uh, it's the first time since 2017 that they win the, the season opener. Uh, so very encouraging for Paolo Romero and, and his girls. Uh, and, you know, great way to celebrate Sarah Daisley's 100th uh, NPL game as well. I remember when I uh, I was saying that in a commentary with Russ, when I first started working with Capital Football three years ago during COVID, one of my first articles was uh, Rhiannon Daisley's 100th game. So it's now two sisters uh, in the Daisley family that have a 100th game. It's a bit of pressure on on Chloe to stay in the, in the system for a while to get to what the sisters are doing. But, uh, but yeah, it was... 
all around uh, a very good game and it made me really want to go uh, and check out those two teams uh, midweek when they play the Federation Cup. Yes, a lot of cup action will be underway over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Michael, who do we have next up? The Big Derby. Yeah, the Big Derby and two of the teams that are you know held in such high standards uh, when it comes to MPLW. But it was Canberra Olympic, the visiting outfit, that managed to grab a 2-1 victory against Canberra Croatia in this match. An outstanding result for Olympic, uh, like I said, away from home a very, against a very good Canberra Croatia outfit. And I think it was really telling that Olympic did brilliantly well uh, in terms of their response to going a goal down within the first uh, 10 minutes uh, as Barac uh, scored for Canberra Croatia. Uh, the keeper sort of tried to parry it. Uh, out of the goal and she was just sort of in the right place at the right time to sort of tuck the ball in uh, from virtually right in front of goal to give Canberra Croatia the lead in this game. But as we know, that lead didn't last uh, too long as Burridge uh, scored the equaliser nine minutes later to make it 1-1 in what proved to be, you know, obviously a very entertaining first 20 minutes with two goals scored. And obviously... Uh, the the way that the rest of the game sort of played out is pretty much, I think, what I was expecting in terms of just not very much difference between the two teams. Obviously, it was locked at one apiece. You go into the second half, and then that's where Canberra Olympic were able to find that key opening, and Burridge was able to get her second goal of the match to make it 2-1, and ultimately that obviously proved to be the difference as, you know, you then play... 40 minutes after that and the teams um, can't be, well, no, no other goals are scored. And Canberra Olympic are the ones that sort of walk away uh, with the victory. And like I said, it was pretty much everything that I would have expected in a game uh, like this. We talked about it in the preview when we discussed sort of both teams and what we sort of expect from both of them going into this season because we know that they're going to be uh, at the top when we talk about the top uh, MPLW clubs and you know it was just a very tightly contested match between two very good MPLW uh, sides and we can expect uh, contests between these two teams to be very similar uh, in the latter part uh, of the season when they meet uh, again in the future so Jeremy I know that you were watching uh, and commentating uh, on this match what was your uh, takeaway from this result. Obviously, a great result for Canberra Olympic to start uh, the season uh, away from home. Yeah, perfect way to start, of course, and and, and a bit of an answer from the charity shields. Uh, and I think yeah, what, what you're saying is put on, Michael. It's probably what we expected from that kind of clash. Uh, two teams who play very good football uh, and, and somewhat Canberra Croatia being a bit more comfortable, probably just simply because it was the exact same team that played in the Charity Shield, the same starting 11, uh, and the bench bar a couple of players was, was also the same. Uh, whether in Canberra or Olympic, um, you had a few players uh, back when here uh, during the Charity Shield, and so they probably had to uh, adapt a little bit in, in the way they were playing. Of course, we had Nicole Begg, who ended up uh, playing in the second half. I heard she has uh, she has some talent, this, this new player who's just joined uh, the Olympic ranks. Uh, but, but it was, I think, again, the story of, you know, Canberra, Croatia, I feel dominated at the beginning of the game uh, and was able to to develop a better football than what Olympic was doing. Uh, they just weren't um, they just weren't making the right choices 
in, in the final third. And then on the Olympic side, uh, it, it kind of felt like Barr, Liv Gurney, um, they, they really struggled to bring the, the danger up front. And mind you, uh, that first goal come from across from Liv Gurney. The, the second goal come from a Gurney cross as well. Uh, so she she was all over it. Uh, but but I do think that that's what we were seeing. We were seeing a team like Ember Croatia that might be ready earlier than what we are expected to see from some of the best team and an Olympic team who's still looking for you know the, the best tactic and looking for how to uh, sort of bring in players like Maddie Whittle who who was. I thought exceptional defensively and then offensively, um, you know, maybe maybe struggle to find their partners uh, as much as for sure she's going to end up um performing later on during the year. I thought this 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 game for for Maddie was more uh, showing, you know, that she can be everywhere on the park and and be helpful everywhere on the park and, and then slowly but surely she'll work out this uh this connection with, with the other players. At the end of the day, you know, it's it's unfortunate for Maddie Engel because she 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 gives us an, an amazing save. I think it's like 15 minutes in, uh, a shot from distance uh, in, in the top corner. And then a minute later, unfortunately, she fumbles that ball and, and Tia Burridge is really quick to react when that happened. Uh, and, and then on the second goal, she, she's probably a bit naive in the way she she's placed many angles. But again, not to bring anything, not to take anything away from Tia Burridge. She was fast enough to to get in front of Sobchak. Uh, and then she was, she was good enough to finish. I also think, you know, what we saw from that charity shield was how good Nicholson and Sobjak were on the wings. Uh, well, Canberra Olympic did what it took to make sure that those two players were nullified uh, and giving them a little bit less space and a little bit less the opportunity to, to create the danger. So I, I, I want to say that despite the fact that Canberra Croatia looked readier and sometimes all around uh, a better team in the build-up, I feel like Olympic had a bit more in terms of intensity, in terms of solidity, uh, in terms of always putting somebody between the ball and the goal, because no matter how many times Croatia tried to to shot on goal, there was always a leg, a knee, uh, you know, something coming in front of the ball and and protecting Janet King, and otherwise that was Janet King. So so it's it's a great first game for Olympic. I'm not too worried about uh, the Deacon side. You can see that they have the talent to get up there. Brittany Palombi was on the bench and she's only played the, the last half hour, if, if I'm not mistaken. And and even that, she had a, a couple of good chances. Uh, I think, you know, we knew that before the season. It's two teams that are going to be there or thereabout. And we talk about Premiership or, or Championship. Uh, and, and this game just proved it. Good for Olympic. You know, they're putting pressure on, on Croatia. They're answering after the Charity Shield and they're putting themselves uh, already up there. And, and you know, now, now they have to show that they can uh, keep that pace up. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Jeremy. Uh, that was a, a great breakdown of how the events uh, unfolded uh, in that game between two very uh, good teams. So interested to sort of see how they go uh, for the rest of the season. Matt, can we get into our next matchup? Our next matchup was a very good win for Belconnen United, 5-1 over Gungalan United. Kira Bobbin opened the scoring as she blasted a shot uh, via a corner uh, when she received the ball via a corner kick. Bessie Reithmuller um, opened her scoring tally uh, at Belco she com- as she uh, converted from the end of a cross. Uh, Tanini tried to save it off the line, but technically it was just over. Uh, less than a minute after that, Highmarsh delivered a terrific delivery over the top of the Gangalan defence in the path of Bobbin, who finished it off for her brace and made it 3-0. Uh, just before the hour mark, Gungala United played a short uh, goal kick, tried to play it out from the back. However, 
The Belco press was on and Talia Backhouse intercepted the ball and went uh, past the defender, squared it up for Rife Muller, who was able to make it 4-0. Four minutes after that, Gungarland got one back after Ginger Oliver delivered a great towering um, corner kick and uh, Ella Brown struck a terrific sort of half volley uh, past the keeper to make it 4-1. The final goal of the game uh, came as uh, Lisa Carey struck an effort, which was saved by Tanini. However, Reith Muller was there to follow up and uh, put it in the back of the net to solidify her hat-trick and uh, make the score 5-1. Huge victory for Bolconen, uh, which immediately puts them at the head of the table uh, Immediately on goal difference, uh, immediately puts Bessie Reith Muller as top scorer, if I'm not mistaken, as well, at the top of the goal-scoring charts. Obviously, for Gungarland, not the best day at the office, uh, but Belco were probably just um, just a machine, just ready to go today, weren't they, Jeremy? You probably couldn't ask for a better start uh, if you were Scott Coleman. Yeah, I was looking at the result when I was commentating the the other game, and and then I knew I had to watch that game uh, for sure at the at the end of the day. And uh, look, it's interesting because it's two teams that I've met in in preseason, uh, and, and then you can see how you know the impact that that preseason game has on the coaches, but also on the players. Uh, you know, you're looking at a, a Gungaling team who, who's basically just added one or two players in their in their starting lineup. It's Ginger Oliver, the return of Jade Brown uh, and uh, and Alia, Ayla Robertson, sorry, who, who came back as well. And then on the other side, there, there's a few more chances. You know, you got Izzy Einmarsh, Pearl Tin, who wasn't always a starter, who, who was starting on, on the weekend, and she was she was pretty phenomenal. Um, and, and Ellie Summers is in between the post now, and Lisa Carey uh, came up as well. Of course, Bessie Ritz-Muller, and, and what, a, what a start for the uh, former Academy product. Uh, Ati Kram as well. So a few new players on that Belconen side, uh, but clearly they they knew what to do. They they were, I think, on the day, the better team. Uh, they just were uh, running this much more and dominating this much more. And of course, uh, converting their chances. It was, you know, I think 5-1 is probably a, a harsh result for what the game actually was. There was definitely some chances uh, on the Gunner side that, that unfortunately uh, didn't finish the way it was supposed to finish and a bit of frustration, uh, understandably, with with some uh, with how the events unfolded, we'll say it that way. Uh, but but in the end, you know, Belconen, I think, is uh, is saying, you know, in case anybody had any doubts, that they're here to uh, to finish the way, to start the way they finished, excuse me, uh, and to try and, and dominate that league from the get-go. And they have... You know, a, a pretty complicated calendar with uh, with Olympic and Canberra Croatia the next couple of games. Uh, so they also had to make a statement early on, and they have to be ready early on if they don't want to have the same kind of start that they had last year. Uh, and they show us that they can. I mean, you know, I'm sure. You know, Bessie Smuller, what what a can you find a better way to start in your new jersey than scoring a, a hat trick? It wasn't the three hardest goals she's ever had to to score, I'm sure, but she was there when she needed to be here. Uh, and, and now it's just going to be about Russ trying to find a, a new name for the, the Belconen attack because his, his killer bees uh, are probably going to be uh, taken over by B-Series mother. Uh, I guess you can use B for Bessie, right? Uh, it was it was good to see that Kira Bobin is still, um, you know, the, the lethal weapon that she is and, and she proved it uh, early on. So it's it looks like a very well-oiled machine, uh, Belconen, if we have any doubts. Uh, the Gunners, mind you, I thought were, uh, were pretty good as well. So... We said it on the preseason uh, preview, guys. You know, it, it looks like it's more than four teams that are going to be battling for the top of the table there. And uh, 
And every game that we've seen this weekend, we've seen somebody who could be a contender. So it's going to be about, it's a 21 game season and who can keep that level um, for that long? It certainly will be interesting and uh, some interesting matches as well coming up for both of them, like you sort of alluded to there, which we will mention after our next matchup, which Michael, who do we have next up? It's a debut of a, of a new team. That's right, Matt. A new uh, played against uh, the Canberra United Academy. It was the Canberra United Academy that ended up with a 3-1 victory in this game. Goals from Babbage, Nealand and Wild for the away side and Swart on the goal scoring sheet for ANU. Obviously a very good win away from home for CUA, which is sort of becoming a bit of a theme uh, for MPLW uh, this past weekend with a few of the sides playing as, you know, it's exactly the sort of start that they would have wanted uh, after we essentially spoke about it on the preview saying that they wanted to sort of come back and have a better season than they did last time around. So good on Matty Moore for starting off the season the right way. And uh, I'm sure he'd be very delighted with uh, the not only the result, but I'm sure uh, aspects of that performance uh, as well. But to start things off, you know, ANU got off to the dream start that they would have, you know, been thinking about in the lead up uh, to this game. You know, they, they hit the lead. Uh, after 20 minutes and you could sort of uh, hear the spectators uh, just how happy uh, they were that, you know, they were able to get their first goal in MPLW. And like I said, it was just the ideal start for them. And you sort of could sense, you know, oh, well, what's going to happen to the CUA from this moment onwards? How are they going to respond? Is it sort of going to continue to go downhill or are they going to respond positively and come back? And they did the latter. They uh they responded uh, really well after going one nil down and you know uh Babbage gets a, a crucial goal at a crucial time uh, for CUA a minute before uh, half time and then you come out of the restart and Neeland scores four minutes after the break to give them a two one lead and I do want to say that that goal from Neeland was a great strike from outside the box as well uh, just the sort of goal that you want to score to you know put your team in the lead and personally for yourself as well to score a nice goal outside the box. So uh, well done to her. And then Wild obviously capped off their second half performance uh, with a goal four minutes uh, from time, you know, with a nice shot that was, you know, powerful enough at the near post to beat the keeper to make it 3-1 in this game. Like I said, an ideal start to the season for the Canberra United Academy. Momentum that they'll be looking to sort of hold on to and take into their next game in a few weeks' time. Jeremy, what did you make of this result for the Canberra United Academy? I sort of touched on there that they went behind in this one to an ANU side. Instead of letting that goal really kill their confidence, they sort of just used that as a springboard to get themselves back into the game and obviously end up winning. Yeah, a story of momentum, really. It wasn't a... It wasn't a good weekend to host, right? All the four teams that were playing at home lost and, and were only able to uh, to score a goal while considering more. So uh, so ANU, unfortunately, was probably... Uh, we probably would have liked to play away on that first round, knowing what the trend was. Uh, look, to be honest, I was I was impressed with the uh, with the ANU. Um, you know, obviously, CUA, we kind of know what they bring to the table. Uh, and, and with a team that hasn't played together 
yet in a whole season. We know that it's going to take time for them to find themselves well and, and find the rhythm and, and, and all the automatism. Uh, but on the other side, it looked like a, a team that knew each other really well, that was moving, um, you know, they just made sense in the way they were playing. It was coordinated uh, and, and they scored deservedly early on. And then, you know, CEO, I think, did well to actually weather that storm uh, and to, you know, say, you already won down one nil, and this team is pushing. Uh, how do we make sure that we we defend well and that we we prevent another one to come in and we wait for our opportunity? And that's just what they've done. I think defensively they were okay. Uh, offensively, I've I've seen and you know I'm sure many more would forgive me for saying that, but I've seen the academy uh, better than than what they were on on Sunday. Uh, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're uh, if you're not playing your best football. If you're the one who scores the three goals, then then that's all you need, right? So so I think it was a a, a very good pass. Uh, I can't remember who's passing that ball for Babic uh, for that first goal. I think it's actually Alexander and who, who does that pass. It was a beautiful pass behind the defense, and that's what you get for the with the A and U. Some uh, some sparkle of magic over there, uh, and then Babic finishing and then scoring this early in the second half. You've just changed the whole momentum, and now A and U needs to push, and it's playing right into the the strings of of the academy who were more comfortable defending, and then just had to try and and playing the counter uh, and then that very last counter attack um was just was just a beautiful thing i mean sure babic is uh, is lucky at the end to uh, to see the ball ricocheting into her face for the assist but before that 40 minutes uh, 40 meters ago uh, she's she gives a beautiful deflection to send um to send her, her teammate on the wing so we've seen we've seen some really good thing from the academy we've seen that it's still the beginning of the season for them uh, i like i said i think the anu was going to be a uh, it's going to be a team that's going to be hard to play against. They have the support, they have the talent, uh, and they know each other. And it's obvious that they know each other. It's going to be about what happened on the weekend. You know, you have to find a way to uh, to prevent it. You have to find a way to maybe protect the goalkeeper a little bit more, have a bit more defender around them when there's a rebound, and and then and then who knows where Robin Ingworth and and his girl and his girls can go from there. Uh, the academy. They're going to do what they're going to do. They're going to bring that technicality, that's that stamina, uh, and they're going to to run for the ninety minutes. Uh, yeah, they they need, you know, I think a little bit more work to try and be a, a solid outfit. Like we're going to see that game uh, midweek when they play against a team that is a bit more experienced than than ANU, and we'll see how they can respond to that because they look, um, no pun intended, a little bit green the the academy, and and we'll see how they uh, how they how they behave with the rest of the season. Two teams that I think. You know, I don't see either of those teams really pushing for the top four. Um, but but who knows if uh, if they develop well? Uh, but I, like I I was I thought NU was better than the academy for for part of the game. So it's it's unlucky that they couldn't get any points. It's great for the academy to to win when you don't play well, right? Yeah, certainly. And I like the use of the pun there, Jeremy. That was a uh, that was very smart. Trying. I'm I'm even wearing green here. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, Matt, do you want to get into the round two fixtures uh, for MPL uh, W that will take place in a few weeks from now? Yeah, and of course the Easter break, so there will be no league fixtures on the weekend. But straight after that, we get kicked off with another Friday night game, prime time, seven forty-five p.m. on April fourteenth. Canberra two hundred one under the lights, Tyrone United against ANUWFC. Then we have Gungahlin United against West Canberra Wanderers Sunday, April 16, 3 p.m. at Gungahlin Enclosed. Then we have Belconi United against Canberra Olympic Sunday, April 16, 3 p.m. at Woden Park Enclosed. 
And then we have Canberra United Academy against Canberra Croatia Sunday, April 16, 3 p.m. at Hawker Football Centre. Jeremy, is there any uh, sort of fixture that stands out to you there? I'm assuming you're going to say Belco against Olympic and uh, Woden Parking closed, uh, getting quite the workout, I think, over between CPL and MPLW over the weekend. But that's because I'm assuming McKellar Park isn't ready yet. Well, I, I, I'm wondering if they had kept McKellar Park until like, until they knew if Camera United was going to play the semi-final there. So so with United, unfortunately, yeah, out, they, they might be in, in McKellar. But regardless, yeah, Belko and United and Canberra Olympic is probably the, the game of the weekend. And we'll be calling that one with Russ, if I'm not mistaken. We discussed it. And then he might be free, unfortunately, because it means United didn't go through. Um, so so we might call that one. But I think all four games, again, you know, um, Canberra Croatia against the Academy is a real test for them both. Uh, Gungalin against West Canberra will be uh, an opportunity for West Canberra to, to bounce back. But Gungalin also needs the points. Uh, and that nice little Friday night, Stargrenong against uh, the ANU, where this time we'll bring the jackets with... Uh, with Russ will be will be worth it. I think you know we shouldn't forget that there's the the Federation Cup being played as well. Uh, this week there's three games, uh, and and they're going to be worth it. Um, you know it's Canberra United Academy against West Canberra on Wednesday night at six thirty on on AIS, and then it's Tergrenong against Belconnen at the same time. Uh, but they're playing at Kemba, and on Thursday night we have Gungalin against ANU, and of course the week after after the weekend we have uh, round three of Canberra Croatia against Canberra Olympic uh, for the quarterfinal of the, of the Fed Cup. So, you know, those teams are going to face each other again. And then they are playing four days after uh, on the weekend when all the other teams will have 10 days between their Fed Cup round and, and the, the league game. So that might play a little bit for, for Olympic uh, facing Belkon and for uh, Canberra Croatia facing the Academy. So it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of good football. I'm probably going to be around one of the games on, on Wednesday night and, Next Wednesday, I'm definitely going to watch that, that clash number three uh, of Croatia Olympic to start the season. Certainly some interesting footballing fixtures there uh, over the next week or so. Jeremy, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, any last words? Look, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Thanks, everybody, for for listening. Um, I'm obviously on the market for uh, any great technical technologic coffee cups. If anybody has has any that I can use for my commentary, uh, and uh, and I'm looking for, I'm not going to leave that one up. For, do, for the do you do you, do you, you might as well just explain that because I saw it and I think I have an idea what it was. Was it essentially you just didn't realize you were commentating and Dras asked you a question and then you just you would you obviously took a sip of your coffee and then you just started talking. Is that what it was? I, I wish I wish I could say that it was that I didn't realize that I was commentating. Uh, but it's it's uh, you know it's. People who are who are so used to luxury and to have their headset on, when you give them a handheld mic and and handheld mic, excuse me, uh, and they have to use two hands, then at one point the wrong hand come up, uh, and so I, I was just talking in the microphone a minute before, and then I have my mic and my coffee in its hand, and uh, Russ talks about something, and I'm trying to talk about Sarah Matthews, and before I know it, everybody's looking at me because I'm talking into the wrong hand. So uh, so yeah, it was fun. I, I you know had I had never seen Russ lost for world so uh, so there it is you know it's a first and it's on the first game of the season uh, so uh, so I'll take it look it, it looks like everybody uh, enjoyed it me me first and then I was uh, I was reminded a couple of times over the weekend so I'll uh, I'll take it and uh, and I'll happy happily uh, live with it for the season hello everybody welcome back to our CPL segment of the show we kick off with the new team of one of the new teams of course in uh, CPL Bell Connor United got off to a great start 
of their CPL campaign. Uh, they bl blitzed the beginning of this match, scoring twice in the opening 25 minutes. New signing, David McCarran on the score sheet in the eighth uh, minute. And then in the twenty in the 25th minute, Luke Vallone uh, was able to get himself on the score sheet. Wagga City Wanderers, though, were not going to give up without a fight and did very well to get back into this encounter, tied it all up via goals from Suleiman in the 61st minute and then Kadzola, uh 15 minutes later. Uh, Belconi United, despite being against the momentum um, at that point, uh, were able to get another goal back from Billington. So um, good stuff there from Belconnen. Always difficult once you've given up sort of that two-goal lead to try and beat back that momentum, but they were able to do so. Overall, from uh, all accounts, from what I hear, it was an electric encounter. And um, Belconnen on the right track, getting uh, getting on the score, uh, getting on the scoreboard. Three points, very important, uh, of course, for them to try and uh, begin their title race with three points. Wagga, on the other hand, though, despite uh, not being able to take home any points, they'll be very encouraged by that second half comeback, and uh, they'll try and look to put that into effect. And uh, against ANU next week. So we've got a couple of good encounters, uh, big encounters that we will be uh, talking about there. Uh, but interesting uh, talking points from that first round matchup. Michael, who do we have second up? Another big matchup. Oh, huge matchup. This was one of the ones the, that I was looking forward to in anticipation of the first round. It was Brindabella up against Queanbeyan City with Queanbeyan City picking up a big win away from home, 2-1. Goals from Abbott and Piccolo. And for Brindabella, it was Schaefer uh, on the score sheet for the Brindabella Blues. Queenbean opened the scoring after 15 minutes as Michael Piccolo darted in and out of a few players before feeding new signing uh, Nico Abbott for the opener, which he put right at the near post. Obviously, his first sort of competitive goal for Queenbean City. That's exactly what they had brought him in for to be that sort of prolific presence up in the final third of the pitch. And then Michael Piccolo struck a terrific low free kick at the bottom left post to make it 2-0 to Queanbeyan five minutes after the restart. So a comfortable sort of 2-0 margin they managed to build for themselves just after the second half. And before the full-time whistle, you know, the Brindies had a free kick which hit the wall and then Kurt Schaefer was obviously first to react and get on the end of the rebound to finish and make it 2-1. But it was obviously a bit of a case of too little, too late, as Queanbeyan ended up picking up the three points in what is a fantastic win for them. And, you know, they, they also hit the post uh, once or twice from, from what I've been told uh, as well. So um, it, it sort of just goes to show the sort of entertainment factor that was in and around this fixture. We obviously talked about it in the previews, Matt, that we expect both of these teams to do very well in CPL this season in terms of contending, especially with Belcon and United who find themselves in the CPL this season. So on the flip side of that, though, not the result that Brindies were obviously hoping for, especially on the back of how they performed in finals last season, making it to the grand final against Tuggeranong United. But, you know, it's the first match of the season and, and we can be sure that, you know, Ray Juna is going to take a lot of input out of that match in terms of what they did right and what they did wrong and look to make it right in their next match in a few weeks' time. So I 
still definitely think that Brindy's can be in for a great season. Obviously, it's a tough game first up of the season against a quality opposition like Queanbeyan and City are, but it'll be important for them not to dwell too much on this result to pick themselves up and go again in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, Matt, who have we got next up? Uh, next up, we have uh, another new team to the comp, of course, Canberra Juventus with a big victory against Canberra White Eagles 3 one, I was able to catch a decent amount of, of this matchup and uh, the White Eagles seem to have the better of the first half with possession, chances. They also had a goal disallowed in the first half uh, via offside as well. Cambry Juventus came out um, very, very quick in the second half, straight from the blocks, breaking quickly, trying to you know create some... Um, Goal-scoring opportunities. Uh, they opened the scoring with an absolutely cracking strike from Adam Brooks, I believe it was, with a bullet um, from the right side. Used the momentum um, that he had to sort of swing it in that top right corner. They had the momentum at this point and throughout. You had the likes of Andre Andre uh, Jugovac, um, one of their new signings, looked very lively uh, down that wing, uh, creating all sorts of havoc. Uh, Van Ewer made it 2-0 15 minutes later as well. Uh, after that, Juve sort of conceded a bit of possession and a bit of momentum as well to White Eagles who were working their way back into the matchup. They were able to grab one goal back from uh, Zach Lawrence and that was in the 86th minute. Uh, unfortunately for the White Eagles though, uh, Juve immediately struck back less than a minute later, took advantage uh, with a mistake from the goalkeeper, tried to sort of throw it out, except Matthews was able to sort of intercept it and tap it back in. Overall, though, great victory for Canberra Juventus. Uh, they'll be ecstatic to kick off their um, to kick off their CPL campaign with three points and a lot of positives to take out of that one. Even though they had a, even though they had a. Um, a pretty good first half. Their second half was just absolutely um, electric for them. Uh, so congrats to Juve for that. Uh, White Eagles, on the other hand, they'll be disappointed to concede defeat at home, uh, sort of dropping those points to begin the season. However, they'll try to look for they'll look for the positives in their performance. For example, the first half they were probably the better of the two sides. Uh, they had their chances. Obviously, they had that offside chance that they um, that offside goal that uh, was uh, disallowed and. Um, had a few other chances that they weren't able to convert as well. So they'll be looking to take the best parts from their performance to put into effect into the next matchup. Uh, Michael, who do we have next up? And by the looks of it, that seemed like another cracking encounter as well. I think it was probably the match of the CPL round, to be honest, Matt. What an entertaining game this one was. I don't think anyone could have predicted how much of a entertaining game this one was going to prove to be. And I mean, ANU up against Ugali, 4-3 to ANU in this game. What an absolute classic already in the first round of the competition. It'll probably go down as one of the games of the season already and we're only one round in, Matt. So you've got uh, Grace, Spears, Hope and uh, Grist that got on the score sheet for the hosts and for Ugali. It was a Darren Bailey hat-trick in his return to Yulgali. Uh, Monty Grace uh, opened the scoring for ANU as he converted a ball squared to him uh, and obviously finished uh, well to give ANU the advantage. And then it was uh, two minutes later across from Yulgali was saved by the keeper. But however, 
Darren Bailey got on the end of the rebound to react the quickest of anyone in and around the penalty area to make it 1-1 to get the equaliser. But ANU took the lead back as they intercepted the ball from Yulgali in midfield and broke down the line, putting a nice through ball to Rory Spears, uh, who completed the play with a nice goal. And again, Yulgali got themselves themselves sorry an equaliser uh, via a Darren Bailey uh, spot kick. You know, they received the penalty after the keeper went to save uh, the ball, but took out the player as he was the last man. And for the third time in this game, to sort of go to show how much of a topsy-turvy match this one proved to be, ANU took the lead for the third time in this contest, again via a corner. The header hit the post, and then it was a bit of a scramble in the box before Hope put it past the line to give ANU a 3-2 lead. But as Yulgali had proved so many times in the contest, it wasn't over. And, you know, they equalized yet again as Josh De Rossi won the ball back in the midfield and laid it off to Bailey, who buried it with the outside of his foot for his hat-trick. I mean, what a way to cap off your hat-trick, uh, you know, to sort of smack a goal in with the outside of your foot. And... You know, at that point, we're at 3-3. Both teams are locking horns at this point. It was absolutely entertaining. But then two minutes later, ANU took the lead once again as a huge uh, long throw was put into the box. An attempted clearance, you know, went to the path of uh, Oliver Grist and he obviously converted to make it 4-3 to cap off an amazing game and obviously the seventh goal of the match. John De Rossi, uh, sorry, Josh De Rossi received a second yellow card, putting Gilgali down to 10 men with eight minutes from time, which obviously came at a really, really difficult time for them as, you know, they were trying to get themselves back into the contest and get a leveler for the fourth time in the game. But it just didn't prove to be the case as, you know, ANU held out for an important win to start the season with three points. And, you know, and to be able to keep pegging back from Gilgali's comebacks, you know, is a is a difficult task in in itself, but they were able to do it. And, you know, some teams would have been, you know, put off by the need to get themselves ahead only to be pegged back once and then to get yourself ahead again and then be back peg be sorry, pegged back twice. It's a bit of a tongue twister that one. But uh, you know, they showed great resilience there, A and U and why they're one of the best sides in the competition. They managed to find a way to win. And that's what the good teams do. Yulgali, on the other hand, you know, they'll be very proud of their performance. I mean, it's an exceptional effort away from home. We know how difficult it is for them to make the travel down to Canberra. And I mean, to put an effort like that, even though Darren Bailey managed to be the spotlight and grab all three goals in his player coach role, which is absolutely astonishing. You know, he's obviously made such an impact on that squad and you can expect them to be a tough outfit to beat this season, Matt, that's for sure. And I wouldn't be surprised if they were to upset some of the bigger teams uh, in this competition with the same sort of fight and determination that they were able to take into that ANU game. So an absolutely outstanding match of football with seven goals in it. And we can only hope that games like this will be a common theme uh, throughout the season. Obviously, maybe not the red cards, but, uh, you know, back and forth action, leads being established, only for equalizers to be scored and 
that's the sort of football that you want to be involved in, the sort of football that you want to be watching. So credit to both of those teams that put in a great effort there. Matt, do you want to get into the round two fixtures that will take place in two weeks? Now we'll get into the CPL round two fixtures that will take place in two weeks' time, Matt. First up, we have Queanbeyan City up against Yulgali. This one will be a cracker. Saturday, April 15th, 3 p.m. at High Street. We've then got Canberra Juventus up against Belconnen United. Saturday, 15th of April, 3 p.m. at Ainsley Field 2. That's going to be an interesting game as well, obviously with Canberra Juventus coming off that confidence-boosting win against White Eagles, which leads me into the next fixture. Canberra White Eagles up against Brindabella Blues, Saturday 15th, April, 3 p.m. at Woden Park enclosed. That's going to be an absolutely astounding game. And then you've got ANU up against Wagga City Wanderers last up. Again, on April 15th at 3.15 p.m. at ANU South Oval. So, I mean, we've got some fantastic fixtures there, Matt, and you can expect a lot of goals, a lot of drama, and we'll be there to break it all down uh, when the matches are all done. Yeah, certainly. It's going to be an interesting... um, It's going to be an interesting uh, week, especially after that week break, and then some teams will be playing... Well, for MPLW, some teams will be playing Fed Cup before, and I think also the... um, the Oz Cup qualifying, some of those teams will be playing just before this round as well. Definitely after, but maybe some before. Um, not entirely sure on that one, but it, it's going to be interesting to see how we go in the second round, especially with the week off and those other games. But uh, that's us. That's it for us today. Do we have any uh, last words, Michael? No, I mean, it's obviously going to be great when the fixtures uh, return, but that's not to say that we have to wait a couple of weeks to watch, you know, local Canberra football. Obviously, we'll have the cup matches going on in the meantime. So, I mean, you can expect a lot of people to sort of be spread out, going to attend uh, those games and watch those games as well. So, at least we'll be kept busy uh, in, in the meantime. But plenty of football. It's great to be back. And we'll, like I said, we'll be back to break it all down in no time. Yeah, we certainly will. If you still want to check out our previews, they're still on the still on the page there between CPL, MPL, and MPLW. All the well, most of the preseason interviews. There's a decent amount of preseason interviews there with coaches. If you still want to check them out, I see people still been checking them out uh, despite the matches starting. Feel free to. There's plenty there, and um, well, I won't see you next week, uh, Michael, because it's Easter. So everybody have a wonderful Easter break. <laughs>